Amen. Isn't that wonderful worship? Don't you love that? Thank you, Jesus. That's good. Fifteen people loved it, you guys, so Jesus was pleased. Praise God. This is called a, bum, this is called a bumblebee. It had a skin transplant from this shoulder here, uh, so it'll be off by Friday. You won't have to put up with it next week, but this week I wore my hanky and my tie again. But I did try to coordinate the colors together uh, so that you, you understand. So I told you a couple weeks ago that because I had that transplant here that my head goes this way and now I have proper balance because now I can go this way because part of my shoulders up here. I have cold shoulders. Some of you women have on dresses with cold shoulders this morning. Well, what is a cold shoulder? A guy might ask. It's where they wear these dresses and part of the shoulder shines. That's called a cold shoulder. Everybody good with that? How do I know that? Because I'm the pastor and I have to read a lot. Amen. I've not yet figured out why we wear holy jeans. I've not figured why we pay $100, $50 repair jeans. You've got holes all in them. But anyway, it's not my business. As long as you're tied and I'm good with that. It's all in your head. That's the title of the message series. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all in your head. Say it any way you want to. It is all in your head. So here we go now. It's the first of three messages. And one of the things we're going to do is identify the strongholds. You say, well, you know, a stronghold. What is that? And I'll share that with you in a moment. But here's what Paul says to us about strongholds. And you're going to find it in the text. 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, verse number 3, verse 4, and verse 5. And here's what it says, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Praise the Lord. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to do what? To demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So we know that we have the weapon to be able to demolish strongholds. Well, what is it? Here it is. The Greek word for stronghold means this. It means a prisoner locked in by deception. And because the devil is a liar, you may be believing something that that's just normal or that's the way that it is and it is a lie from the pit of hell, but it's a stronghold that maybe you've not identified. Maybe you've not addressed it yet. I'll give an illustration. I counsel with uh, a gal a number of years ago and she was a pretty gal. I mean, she was, as, as you would say, she, if I say this, please don't be offended, but you guys will understand she was fine. Now, you, it's the way you say it. You can say she was fine. You mean she felt okay. No, when you say, you say it the way I said, she was fine. How many of you know what that means? All her teeth were there. Her ears were consistent with her head. Her nose was pretty. Her lips were beautiful. The rest of her body was in shape. She had a slight tan, long, dark hair. Hello, how many see in the image of fine right now? Here's why she came to see me. She thought she was fat. 
She thought she was ugly. She thought she didn't belong. She thought that she was a loner. She thought she had nothing to add and she could not praise herself. And if you gave her any praise whatsoever, it embarrassed her and she would say, that is not the truth. That is a stronghold, my friend. And so there are many people that have that in many diverse and different ways. That stronghold, what is it? It is a prisoner locked in by deception. She was believing a lie. Often a stronghold hides until it is exposed by the Holy Spirit or the address as you take time to say, I think I want to identify that. And all of us, to some degree, has maybe some little strongholds in our life. It happens often. It has to do with believing that lie. And the devil will tell you, that's what you've got. You're always going to have it. You're never going to be able to enjoy the free flow of God's love in your life because I have you bound. I have you. That's the boundary. You're never going to be able to grow spiritually. That's what you've got to deal with. Oh, and yeah, he'll even use the Bible. And that's the cross you're going to have to bear. Sharon decided we've had a number of dogs in our family. Our kids had dogs when they were little. Dogs didn't stick around long at our house. Uh, and uh, so we had a num- a numerous dogs, and, and of course the kids loved them. They can remember some of the names, but we just never really had a long-term dog. And, and I thought, because we, we get a dog, and for some reason or another, it would run away and didn't like, you know, going to church on Sunday, that kind of a thing, and they, they just leave. And so I, I started buying ceramic dogs. I thought, you know, a ceramic, ceramic dog doesn't jump up on the, on the furniture. Ceramic dog, I don't have to take it out and walk it. I don't have to feed it. It's not going to growl at me. Ceramic dog, of course, I don't have to go outside and follow it around and pick up a mess out of the yard when the dog decides, okay, you know what I'm talking about. Ceramic. So I had five. We had five of them. And some of them looked really, really, really real. And it, it was amazing. But Sharon decided she wanted a dog. And this is after the kids are out. And she said, I want a dog. Now, listen, here's what I learned. Uh, I cannot control Sharon. If she wants a dog, she might mention the dog. And the next thing I know, the dog shows up at the house. So she had, uh, she had, she, she had one she called Fritz. And I, I don't remember what Fritz was. Tim, do you remember what Fritz was? Yeah, okay, a schnauzer. I mean, know what a schnauzer looks like. And old Fritz, Sharon said, this dog's the smartest dog in the world. Just Fritz. Well, when she bought the dog, how much you pay for the dog? You don't want to know. That is the answer that I paid too much. Well, actually, she received it as a gift, I guess. Then what she did is she went down to the dog store and she bought the best of the best, the best cage, the best basket, the best little foam rubber mattress to go in the basket, the best food, not just any food, but the best food. Down, take all the shots, had to have a collar, had to have the best leash. And I'm looking around and I'm thinking, this dog is costing an arm and a leg. How many know that it does? But it's Sharon's dog makes her happy, you know, makes her happy. I guess we got to the place I couldn't and she needed the dog. But anyway, so she had the dog. The dog bonded with her. The dog did not bond with me. 
She said, the dog knows that you don't like him. I said, I've never spoken to the dog. She said, but you come and sit down in your chair, and that dog runs about 15 feet away and stands there with his ears pricked up like that, just kind of waiting for you to say, come jump on me. I said, he's never going to hear that from me. If that disappoints him, I am so sorry, you know. It's your dog, love, you know, love Fritz, et cetera. He's a great dog. She said, well, here's what I want. I dog, uh, Fritz doesn't have a place to run around. I said, well, what does that mean? Well, we have a big backyard. You could say back lawn, it's well manicured, mowed, it's edged, it's all this, that, and the other. She said, I want to put a fence in. And I said, we're not putting a fence in. Do you know how many thousands of dollars a fence is just so Fritz, who doesn't pay rent, who doesn't bring any income here, who doesn't offer one thing but all kind of attention day and night, and you want me to spend several thousands of dollars to put a fence in? She said, I want him to be able to run free like he wants to. Now, I begin to feel a stronghold of jealousy. So I came up, I began to read about a fence, and I thought, an electric fence. I read about it. So I checked that out, and I called the people out, and they installed a wire all the way around the backyard, about that deep in the ground, and had a charger in the utility room, and to make it work, Fritz had his own nice little collar that corresponded with the electric fence. So how does it work? You turn it on and you stand over here and you say, now Fritz. (laughs) And when Fritz got so close to the electric fence, he began to feel a little light buzz. You know what I'm saying? Just a light buzz, not one that shook him, you know, but just a light buzz, and he figured out. I went over here, and said, come on, Fritz, move over here, and got a light buzz, and I did that several times to Fritz learned, even if you turned it off and he didn't have the collar on, that's as far as I go, because I don't want to feel that buzz. It was a Pentecostal buzz, so there was nothing wrong with it. There was nothing wrong with it. So he knew you can't go any further than that right there. And it just, it worked beautifully, never had a problem with it afterward. But that's often like, the reason I share that little illustration is like the devil Often the devil will put you in a position and in a place and say, that's as far as you go. You will never overcome that habit. You'll never overcome that past. You'll never overcome that scar. You'll never be beautiful. You will never attain a position of leadership. You will never be able to enjoy the benefits that a lot of other people have. You are locked in and that's as far as you go. The reality is Satan is a liar. Here's what God 
God says, that he tore down the barriers on the cross of Calvary when he came out of the tomb and the veil was rent and he said, nothing is keeping you out of the holy presence of God. You can walk right in on your own and never worry or never have any fear. You can be free by the grace and the blessing of the Lord. So what do we do? Number one, we identify the stronghold. We identify the stronghold. 2 Timothy 2.26, and they will come to their senses and they will escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. That's what Paul writes there in 2 Timothy. It is a prisoner locked in by deception. You see, we know that Satan's greatest plan in our lives is to lie to us is to tell us lies that that's as far as you could go, to tell us that that stronghold is there, that that's your cross you have to bear, and that you deserve it, and you'll never be any better. To allow you, you cannot conquer it. You'll never be delivered from it. It's just the way that you have to live. And you will never experience the free flow of God's Holy Spirit in you as long as that stronghold is there. It will just Turn down the volume in your spiritual life so you can never flow flow freely in the plan and the will of God. The character of the enemy is identified in John's Gospel 8, verse 44. Read it with me. Here's what it says on 2. 1, 2. For he is a liar and he is the father of lies. He is the father of lies. Let me give you some common strongholds. Number one, number one is material or financial strongholds. If I only had more money, if I could only get a raise, if I had better clothes, if I had a better car, I'm sick and tired of everybody getting nice things. I don't have anything. I'm sick and tired of being under the gun financially all the time. I'm sick and tired of not having quite enough to make ends meet and I can't do anything extra because I'm bound there. And that's a stronghold that the enemy, you say, well, I didn't even see it as a stronghold. It's a lie from the enemy. You know what God wants you to do? He wants you to look behind you and say, you know what? You're doing better now than you've ever done. I can tell you're doing better than the majority of the world. And you begin to thank God for the financial blessing and the things that you do have. I promise you there's some people in Mariana, Florida and in Panama City, Florida that says, I'd like to have a house. Not just, Lord, do a house, but I'd just like to have a house because what I had is now gone. You see, if you worry about the lack of money and material possessions, Bow. Stronghold. Number two, addictive and habitual strongholds. It's like being addicted to something. Some of you may be addicted to a, a $4 cup of, of Starbucks coffee, you know, like whatever you call them, a Starbucks enchilada, whatever they call those coffees that you can drink. Four or five bucks a lick. Just enjoy it. Somebody said, yeah, got to have my $4, you know, enchilada or wh- whatever it is that you have. Got to have that. I'm addicted to it. I can't make it through the day unless I've got that. Yeah, you can. Or you might be saying, I'm addicted to cigarettes. God can deliver you. You say, well, I'm okay with it. Your body's not. Some of you might be addicted to dipping. How many know what dipping is? It's when you carry skull in your back pocket and your jeans knows that it's there because you got that little round circle in the back right there. Some of you addicted to alcohol maybe. 
Some are addicted to drugs, some sexual sin, some are addicted to temper. Just say, well, it's a part of my natural makeup, so there it is. We are prisoner locked in by deception. Some people are addicted to sports. Some are addicted to computer games. Some addicted to pornography. Here's the danger of pornography. My good friend Don Litchie, Dr. Don Litchie, who's a psychologist and vice president of Emerge Ministries, said the other night in a teaching session, he said pornography attacks the part of the brain that, that cocaine attacks and attaches to, that heroin attaches to that part of your brain. It becomes an addiction. And he said that hold of pornography is just as great as heroin. That's a stronghold. Oh, but God help me. Number three, personal or physical strongholds. Personal or physical strongholds. That means that you don't like yourself. You look at your body and you think, well, I wish to have their body. You never want to accept who you are. You can never believe that you're good enough. And you look at that and you think, well, what, what's wrong with that? Let me tell you something, friend. Don't look in front of the mirror and say, I got the ugliest, sagging, wrinkled up body of anybody I've ever met in my life. I've got more cellulite right here than any other woman that I know. How do you know what other women's got in cellulite on their body? Because they're probably not parading down in a bikini on the beach that you want to see. But you look at your body. I'm telling you, stand in front of that mirror and say, look at me, God, a creation that you gave to me. I have a few improvements that I want to be made, but I'm loving what I'm seeing, amen, because I'm not comatose. I don't have anything. I'm not in a casket. I'm a living, breathing individual, amen? So leave here encouraged. Somebody compliments you, I know you don't really mean it. Shut your mouth. Look at that. Here's another. Some people, some people are addicted to the to the gym. Not many of you. <laughs> hey, I'm sorry. I'm back. I mean, you're going to you going you you have to get what you got right here, buddy. So Some of you are addicted to the tanning booth. You look like an overcooked turkey on Thanksgiving. You know, nothing wrong with tanning a little bit or whatever it is. Don't ask a dermatologist about that. I'm telling you, they'll tell you to put enough skin control stuff on your body. You walk around like a, like a flowered, stiff body. But anyway, enough of that. I'm guilty of that. Some of you, some of you, of course, have strongs. And I know that we all ought to be more healthy. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Some people strongholds overeating. And then some people like me, not eating enough. You're not going to corner me up this morning, friend. Sure it is. But you know, you're going to walk around because you might be a little pudgy. Listen, tonight we're going to have the big festival and we're going to have a great time. I hope you're coming. I hope you haven't made your plans not to come. Well, I don't want to come to that. God forgive you. Please know you need to be here at your church. Bring somebody with you. And you can wear your jeans. You can be like me when I was a kid. The only thing I knew were the Huskies. I mean, you know the Husky jeans. We called them dungarees back then. We got them at Wool, Woolworth. Husky jeans. If you got Husky jeans, pull them out. Bring them on down here. 
If you've got holy jeans, wear your holy jeans, put on your boots, your flip-flops. I don't care what you look like as long as you're modest, and let's have a good old time tonight. But don't stand there and say, oh, Lord, I just don't have enough. Here's another, my friend, is relational strongholds. What does that mean? That means you don't have any good relationships. That means you don't have to be a friend. I don't want to. I don't have any friends. Nobody wants to be friends with me. No, they don't want to be friends with you. You sit over there in the shadow on the sideline and won't speak or won't talk and expect people to come to you and be friendly. Will you stand there like, like a little wallflower? Make yourself friendly. Get out of that. That's a stronghold and believe God and say, all these people are my friends. I'm going to meet as many of them as I want to meet. You'll find your life will be a whole lot better off. I'm preaching now. Don't believe you can be an island unto yourself and believe that God is pleased with that. Get out there like Michael Crowder. Show that personality and let it shine in Jesus' name. And then say, hey, the whole world is out there waiting just to meet me. Let that attitude, well, I wasn't raised the way you were raised. Well, the way you were raised can be improved upon, and that's true for all of us. This is not a Joel Osteen message. He's good. Well, I have acquaintances, but no close friends. You won't let them get close. Don't be an island unto yourself. That's a stronghold. Allow God, allow God to break it. God never intended for any of us to be alone. Well, how come he hadn't found me a man yet? You're over there saying, how come he hadn't found me a man? And more than half of our culture today is saying, I wish I could get rid of my man. I'm telling you the truth. The stronghold that's there, here's another spiritual stronghold. A spiritual stronghold. That means that often we're wrestling, we're in a wrestling match with God and we're in a tug of war with him. Oh, we want to submit to him, but we don't totally trust him. We want to be in control. We still want to manipulate our lives so that we can have the kind of control. You know what he said? If you really want to live and be free, die to yourself. Give yourself up and follow after me. And if you don't trust people, I can tell you, you probably don't trust God because you can't totally sincerely trust God and not learn to trust other people. People are going to break your heart. They're going to let you down. They're going to knife you in the back. They're going to talk about you. They're going to do a lot of other things to you. But if that's what you're looking at, you'll be forgetting about the people who pray for you, the people that reach out to you, the people that care for you, the people that visit you, the people that encourage you, the people that invest in you. Don't discount them and just look at the ones that aren't any good. You're a prisoner locked in by deception. You'll be, you may be asking why God doesn't answer your prayers or why God doesn't bless you. Well, it could be of a little stronghold. May I encourage you, if something is said this morning in this message that's kind of tagged you, pay attention to it. God, what is it in my life that you're talking to me about this morning? And then what am I going to do about it? If I realize, boy, that's a stronghold, I didn't realize it. It was a deceiving lie of the enemy. Wow. Then here's the area. We attack the stronghold with God's weapons. 
not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. Proverbs 21, 22 says, a wise man attacks the city of the mighty and pulls down the stronghold in which they trust. The wise man, in other words, once the stronghold is identified, we don't wait around before we attack it. We don't sit on the sidelines and say, well, I hope it gets better and I hope it, I get delivered. We get busy with the weapons God has given us and we attack the stronghold. Why is that important? You see, here's why it's important. One good reason. If you take a child that's raised in a home and the stronghold is criticism, they criticize mom and dad, criticizes one another, they criticize the preacher, criticize the church, criticize the store, criticize their job, criticize people on the job, and all that kid ever hears is something that's critical about criticize the other relatives, etc. That stronghold is going to pass down and be worse on your kids. When your kids get it, they're going to be more critical than you ever thought about being critical, and it's a stronghold that you can break and not pass it down, and it get greater down to your children. If you agree to that, say amen. But you're going to have to attack it. You have to attack it. You see, they ha you have to attack it. The armor in the day of the Lord Jesus, in the day of the Old Testament, and today the armor covered the front. The front was covered. The helmet, of course. But buddy, you had the front of your legs, and there it was well covered. You had your chest area. The back area was not covered. The front area was. Why? Because you didn't wait around. You attacked the enemy. You had the armor on the front because you ran to him and you attacked him. And that's what Paul is saying. The back, of course, would be wide open. Give me an illustration, Pastor. The front side of a hospital gown looks good. But friend, if you ever look at the back side, it doesn't look so good. The hospital gown was never given for you to back through the hallway. It was given to you to walk through the hallway forward. Somebody talk to me. And your stronghold, whatever it is, make up your mind to say, this is going to change. This is my new testimony. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but they have divine power. Lord, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The word demolish is this illustration. If I were to get someone up there, there's no one there, by the way, with a 20-pound watermelon, and at this time in the message is when I would have used it, I would say to them, I want you to drop that watermelon from up there. It's not going to happen. And I want you to drop it right there. That watermelon would not bounce. That watermelon would be disintegrated and devastated into thousands of pieces. And those of you seated in the first three or four rows, you're going to get watermelon seed and watermelon juice all over you. And you'd look at that and say, wow, that thing is unbelievably destroyed. Paul says, that's the word picture, that God demolishes your stronghold so that it looks like that watermelon that was dropped from about 25 feet above and you cannot recognize it anymore. And he said, it is in your hand to be able to do that. Somebody say, amen. So you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to believe a lie. You don't have to put up with that. You can say, I'm claiming the promise in the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you do that? He said, our weapon is the word of God. Get into the word of God. Our weapon is the power of pray. Be sure you pray. Our 
weapon is the truth, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We learn to replace the lies of the enemy and refuse to be a prisoner any longer, and we believe by the power of the Holy Spirit to liberate us. So number one, we identify the stronghold. Number two, we declare war and we attack with God's weapons. Finally, number three. Number three is we demolish the stronghold with the word of truth. 2 Corinthians 10, 5, we demolish arguments. Notice the word we. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we, we take captive every thought to make it obedient unto Christ. We demolish and we take captive. So whatever it is, little idiocrity that may be small, that you just fail to recognize, or you look at it and say, God, help me identify an area that's a stronghold in my life. And don't accept that. Rid yourself of it. You have the power and the ability. Rather than being a, being a prisoner of the lie, we take the lie as our prisoner and we make it obedient unto the Lord. You can only believe God's word to be truth in your mind when you decide no longer allow that lie to be the ruler of your mental universe. And anything that casts doubt in your heart, anything that sparks unbelief, anything that brings worry to you, anything that brings grief to you, anything that creates fear in you, my friend, anything that causes you to want to throw up your hands and quit, anything that causes you not to be passionate about the pursuit of your relationship in the Lord Jesus Christ, all stems one, one area. It stems from the enemy and his lie. And the Bible says, attack, take a stand and say, no longer will I allow these things to have me in bondage. I desire to break free. I will take my Bible. I will read it. I will pray and I will declare, let the redeemed of the Lord say so in the name of Jesus Christ. We learn to speak words of praise. We speak words of overcoming testimony. We speak words that are opposed to what we might feel in the natural. We speak words of health and not sickness. We speak words about our future and the beauty therein. We we speak words of victory, not of failure. We speak words of encouragement that brings hope to other people. We take that and declare it in the name of Jesus Christ. That is the message today. Amen. All right. You might ought to, ought to go ahead and stand up, okay? So what I'm going to deal with next week. I have people ask me all the time, but I don't know sometimes the voice of God. Well, next week we're going to do this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen, and no wonder for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. We're going to talk about next week to take the time to recognize the enemy as a deceiver and how to discern between the voice of God and the Holy Spirit and the voice of Satan himself. God will show up next week. I encourage you to bring someone with you. I encourage you to be here tonight and enjoy the hope and the blessing of the Lord. Now, just in case there's some of you online and many of you in this room right now, that if the question were to be asked, if you were to die in a moment, are you ready? If you have that fear and you say, well, I'm not really sure, you can be sure right now. You don't have to go to another building and have a classroom. All you got to do is bow your heart. And pray with your heart sincerity. 
Maybe you've got a tag of difficulties, a tag of wrong, a lot of sins that you committed last week and the devil's telling you you're done. You're just too mean. You're too vulgar. You're too nasty. You're disobedient more than you are obedient. Well, let me tell you, just cover yourself with the blood of Jesus this morning. And let's pray this prayer together after me, everybody. Almighty God, I humble myself and I believe by faith that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. So I speak with faith that I confess my sins and that Jesus right now at this moment has forgiven me. I trust him as my Lord. I trust him as my Savior. And I believe by faith my future is far greater than anything that I've ever known. In Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together and let's just thank him. Now, what do we do now? We said you identify the stronghold. Doesn't have to be super big. But maybe it's something that's just irritating to you or maybe You didn't really see it as a stronghold. But during the message, God identified and said, you know what? You need to get rid of that. You need to just surrender that. And when you do, watch the power of the Holy Spirit begin to move in your life in a way that you didn't realize was possible. You say, my prayers are not being answered and I'm not getting a whole lot of favor lately. Could be a test. But it also could be that little stronghold that's there that God now reveals and said, that's it. And we know that there may be some things like the Apostle Paul that just had a thorn in his side. And no matter how he prayed, I want to get rid of this thorn. And God revealed to him, hey, thanks for asking but that thorn has a purpose there. It's not for, your, not for your evil, not for your hurt or pain, but it's there to draw you closer. So here it is. Maybe you have a child, a teenager, or a young adult in your family, and they're just haywire. You don't have to put up with that. You're gonna allow the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom of patience and guidance And you can claim that. If that's wrecking your home, that's the enemy knocking on your door saying, I'm trying to set up a stronghold here. Your home will not house peace. Your home will be disrupted. Your home, you do not have to put up with that. You can ask God to help you with it. So as we sing, we're just going to gather you down here in the altar. And then I'm going to give a prayer in just a moment. You come as God directs you. Would you do that? Here we go, everybody. worship together everybody hallelujah hallelujah 
Jesus. 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 Mind the enemy. Declare victory. The anointing of God by the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Give myself away. So you can you here I am. everybody give myself away oh, Jesus. give myself away so you can use me give myself Now, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, the Son of the living God, who is all-powerful, who has given us the weaponry that, that we need and that we can freely use to overcome every lie of the enemy, I declare a, a spirit of liberty. I pray a spirit of deliverance. I pray a spirit of love and power will fall over this congregation. I pray that when we leave this building now, that that anointing will not leave as we exit the building, but it will fill us up to overflowing, God. I pray in your holy name that we'll see the wonderful blessing of Almighty God and let it be something that is unbelievable. So God, give faith and give hope and give love to every person here. Minister and meet them right where they are by the authority of your word. I declare this in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I love you, everybody. Be friendly, okay? God bless.